This is Combat Mania on the Undetermined Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is Go JR, Jim Ross, WW Hall of Famer, and you're listening to Combat Mania. Sports Production, part of the Undetermined Podcast Network. It is episode number 11. I'm Tom Albano, your host as always, and just so much, so much action since our last episode, our last episode where we had Jim Ross on as a special guest, the WWE Hall of Fame announcer and the current announcer for New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV. If you missed that, go have a listen it's still up on Anchor and iTunes. It's not going away anytime soon. So have a listen to that. Um, but yeah, so much action has happened within the last month. I know the JR interview was in mid-March, but still, just within the last month, so much action. And so much action still coming up, but it's like I want to be excited for WrestleMania. I want to be excited for... For the fact that we could be having Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua in the future. Uh, I want to be happy with, you know, we got a big UFC pay-per-view event coming up and just, but honestly, this has been one of the worst weeks when it comes to fight announcements, or announcements regarding fights, rather, in, and uh, I, I want to say in history. This is terrible. Like, uh, honestly, we're not going to do this whole, the usual stick with the boxing, wrestling, and MMA, separating them all. No, we're not going to do that. Because first got to get this off my chest. So, we have, like I said, we've had the worst week when it comes to announcements regarding fights. And you know what? Let's start with the UFC 223 that is coming up this Saturday. So, the main event originally was supposed to be Tony Ferguson the interim lightweight champion taking on the undefeated Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's like 25-0 and 0 or something like that. In his last fight back in December, he obliterated Edson Barboza. One of, if not the most one-sided fight in modern UFC history. And, and now just look at this craziness, because now during a UFC media obligation Tony Ferguson I don't know there was some freak incident I guess something to do with cables or something cable wires that they put down and now he hurt his like foot or his ankle or something and, and now he's out now he's out of the fight less than a week to go until the fight and they announce that he's out and they did it on April 1st that's when they made the announcement they did it on uh, April Fool's Day and Easter. April Fool's Day and Easter fell on the same day. Fell on the same day this year. Believe <laughs> the chances of that happening. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'm, I saw it on Twitter and I posted. You can follow me on Twitter by the way at Thomas J, at Thomas J Albano, and follow Combat Mania at Combat Mania UD. But I posted, if this is a joke, this has to be one of the this has to be one of the best April Fool's jokes because 
it's just not the best as in, you know, like, I, I would still feel mad that I got pulled on, but it was like, it would be believable. I mean, let's look at all the things that have fallen out, fallen out this uh, year for the UFC already. So, February, UFC 221. The main event originally supposed to be Robert Whitaker, the UFC middleweight champion, versus Luke Rockhold. Uh, and then Whitaker, actually, was it was GSP and Whitaker supposed to fight that day? I don't know. I don't think they ever made anything official for GSP and Whitaker. But obviously, they were supposed to have GSP and Whitaker do a unification match, and then GSP ended up getting diagnosed with colitis, and Whitaker became the undisputed champion. But Whitaker was supposed to defend against Rockhold in Whitaker's home country of Australia at 221 back in February, and Whitaker goes down with. Uh, injury. Actually, it was a misdiagnosed staph infection or something like that, and it basically ate away at all his organs, and he was in some serious condition. So, you can't blame Whitaker for that one. That's just, that's horrific. Um, but they had to replace Whitaker with Yo Romero, uh, and just made an interim title fight, because, of course, Romero misses weight... Rockhold take negotiations until the early the early hours of the morning. So we spent a long time thinking that main event may have fallen out, and then at that point, what would have been the point of having UFC 221 as a pay-per-view? Being honest. And then UFC 222, it's supposed to be uh, Max Holloway defending the featherweight title against Frankie Edgar. Instead, I got subbed out for Chris Cyborg defend, defending the women's featherweight title against Yana Kunitskaya, I believe. How do you pronounce this girl's name? Yana Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya. At least that's the best way I can pronounce it. Um, and yeah, that fight happened. It was a first-round finish, but at least Yana actually showed some good stuff in that first round, so... I can't necessarily say, you know, it was the worst fight in history. Um, and we'll get to the Holloway-Edgar thing, because it, it plays a role in what's going up with this lightweight title situation. So, let's just... Now, never minding the bad luck UFC has had when it comes to canceled main events for their pay-per-views, let's just look at the lightweight title situation itself. Because this is a... This is an odyssey here. So, of course, Conor McGregor wins the featherweight championship in December 2015 at UFC 194. And then, instead of defending the titles, instead of getting Jose Aldo a rematch, he goes after the lightweight title. Then the champion was Rafael Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos ends up getting hurt before they can fight in March. And that was March 2016. Entered Nate Diaz, and the rest is Breaking history, because those two ended up having a having a war of words, war of words and war of fists. They had a rivalry. They had a rematch in August. Basically, Connor and Nate, Connor and Nate took over of 2016 for the UFC. Basically, even though Connor was the featherweight champion, and both these fights were contested at welterweight. Um, and then after the rivalry and two bouts with. Nate Diaz, 
Connor goes and fights with Andy Alvarez for the lightweight title. And that's at UFC 205, the first ever UFC event in New York City. Connor wins. Enter Khabib Nurmagomedov. So Khabib ended up, I'm not sure how many of you guys out there know, but Khabib actually ended up signing to fight Eddie Alvarez at that pay-per-view at the UFC 205. But for some reason, I guess because it's Connor, UFC and Eddie Alvarez ended up turning their back. And instead, Khabib fought Michael Johnson on the TV prelims. Yes, I know, it was it was a stacked card. Even the TV prelims, the fights before the main card were stacked as all hell. So, the prelim, being on the prelims for something like that isn't as bad as, you know, any other UFC pay-per-view. But, 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 but regardless, Khabib was supposed to fight, you know, a main event bout. And even if it wasn't a main event bout, like a second main event, third main event, and he gets deducted to the TV prelims. So... You can't blame him for being pissed, and he let off this huge promo, I remember. It was basically, it was basically, like, was that where the Connor, calling Connor a chicken shit started? I, I don't know. But, but basically, it was something along those lines of where basically he called Connor a piece of chicken shit. Uh, and then the week before, UFC, there was a UFC fight night. It was either UFC Fight Night or the Ultimate Fighter Finale, I forget. But the week before the UFC 205 event in New York City, we have Rafael Dos Anjos, who of course lost his title to Eddie Alvarez back in the summer, and of course Eddie Alvarez lost the title to Conor, the lightweight title to Conor McGregor at 205 the following week. But in November, in November, I think this is like November 5th or something like that, 2016. Dos Anjos is fighting in the main event. His opponent, Tony Ferguson. And Tony Ferguson gets the unanimous decision win. It wasn't a bad fight, but it was clear that Ferguson, you know, had domination. And Ferguson had control of the fight for a good significant portion of it. So you have Tony Ferguson, who at this point is on a roll, and now he's just defeated the former lightweight champion. So Connor wins the lightweight title. Of course, he's the first fighter at that point to hold two weight divisions titles at the same time in the UFC. That lasts two weeks because he's stripped of the featherweight title two weeks later. And what does Connor McGregor do anyways? He anyways he goes off and fights Floyd Mayweather. So what happens to the lightweight championship? Well the lightweight championship then goes to freaking of course, it's got to have an interim title bout. So, Tony Ferguson, Khabib Nurmagomedov, they're scheduled to fight in March 2017, UFC 209. And then Khabib pulls out because of a bad weight cut. He ends up getting sick and having to go to the hospital the day before the fucking fight. And this was the third time, the third time that this fight had been canceled. Ferguson and Khabib were supposed to fight two times before that. Before the, before they were even in the title picture. They were supposed to fight twice. And both times, one of them had to pull because of injury. Or something like that. So, yeah. So, Ferguson ends up not fighting for months until 
He fights Kevin Lee in an interim title bout at UFC 216 back in the fall. Ferguson wins. Khabib reemerges, of course, in December. As I mentioned, the Barboza fight. So, that brings us to January, this past January. And UFC President Dana White announced Tony Ferguson, Khabib, was finally going to happen. Ferguson was the interim champion, but the graphics and everything say it's for the world lightweight title. So, okay, we're all thinking in the MMA community, us MMA journalists, Connor's being stripped. No, says Dana White. Weeks of confusion and contract talk and everything. As it turns out, Dana White just didn't want to strip Connor and then have the fight between Ferguson and Khabib canceled again because of something. He didn't want to basically pull the trigger early because the Ferguson-Khabib fight had been canceled three times before. Actually makes perfect sense now that we think about it. We criticize them for jumping, you know, we would criticize them for why they haven't stripped Connor, but it actually makes somewhat sense. But now it's fight week, the drama, and everything is going to come to a, and it's going to come to an end, and then fucking this shit. Now Ferguson's out. So who replaces Tony Ferguson in this fight? Because Khabib is still going to fight, Connor's lightweight title is still going to be on the line. The minute a punch is thrown in the main event... Of the UFC 223 main event. That's it for Conor McGregor's reign. He'll be stripped. Tony Ferguson by way of his injury. He's stripped of his interim title. He's putting up. Uh, you know a whole argument. Oh I was doing a UFC obligated main event. The UFC is responsible for this injury. Not me. Something like that. And then Max Holloway steps in now. Now here's the interesting thing about Holloway. Holloway and Frankie Edgar. Were supposed to fight. Last December, Edgar got injured. In came uh, Jose Aldo, who Holloway beat back in June. Holloway beat Aldo again, pretty much in the exact same fashion that he beat him in June. So Holloway Edgar is supposed to headline UFC 222, as I mentioned last, last month. And instead, Holloway ends up getting injured a couple of weeks before the fight. They have to replace that main event with Cyborg and Yana. And now Holloway suddenly feels fine. And now Holloway's going to have the chance to become, just like Connor did, the featherweight and lightweight champion at the same time. Holy shit. Did you get everything? Just look at this mess. Look at this fucking mess. What the fuck, UFC? So now here's my question. What the fuck happens if Khabib or Holloway get injured during this last week of, you know, preparing for the fight? What happens if one of them doesn't make weight? Is Connor going to be stripped anyway if this fight somehow doesn't go on? If that's the case, why didn't they strip Connor in the first place? Way back when. They could have stripped him in November of 2017. Like, it had been a year with no, zero title defenses when they stripped Conor of the featherweight title. Why couldn't they have done the same with the lightweight title? Good fucking God. At this point, I don't know to consider everybody a ch the lightweight champion or to consider nobody the lightweight champion. 
Holy good God. Oh, my head hurts. I'm trying to figure out the history of all this. All these connections and everything. And fucking... This is why Fox wants to kick UFC to the curb. I'm sorry. This is why Fox has more interest in the WWE than it does in the UFC. Because of shit like this. And, and I don't even know... I can't even blame the fighters for this because... UFC, the UFC, this is what happens when... This is what happens when you have weeks of TV cards. Like, I remember... I get... There's this MMA journalist out there, Ariel Hawani. And he says, you know, he likes the interim title thing because pay-per-view should be headlined by a title fight. I get it. But Jesus H, Jesus H, this is what the UFC gets when you're trying to stack all these different cards, you know, week after week, and then try to make the pay-per-view cards the best they can be, like super cards every time, and then fights fall off. I remember the days when a UFC pay-per-view didn't need to be headlined by a title fight. I remember the, the days when the UFC, basically, they could book something like, I don't know, Michael Bisping, obviously Michael Bisping and Forrest Griffin never fought, is to my knowledge, but my point, they could do Bisping and Griffin. Actually, let me put one better. They could do Griffin and Rampage Jackson, even with no title on the line back in the day. I guarantee you that would still sell. That would have still sold. They could do, you know, Brock Lesnar and Heath Herring. But you get my point. You get my point, regardless of the people you pick. They, I remember days when the, when the fights, the superstars, the athletes of the UFC is what made you buy. It wasn't... And you, you didn't need to have a title on the line in those cases. And that was also when the UFC, I remember the day when the UFC didn't have to have an event every week. Well, hell, not even an event every month. They could have done one every two months. Or one every month. Or one pay-per-view card and one TV card in a month. Or the next month it would be two TV cards. Something like that. You get my point, though. You won't get my point out there. It's just... This is what the UFC gets when basically you're trying to have, I guess, a WWE-like schedule when you have... And now interim titles, now that, now that the thought comes to you, interim titles don't even mean shit anymore thanks to Yoel Romero missing weight. And he's still going to get a title shot against Robert Whitaker at, I think, UFC 225 in June in Chicago. What the abs what the absolute fuck? I'm sorry, what the absolute fuck? Like I said, this is why the Fox wants to kick the UFC to the curb, I think. Because at this point it's like a WWE like circus. And if that's the point, if that's the case, why don't they just have the WWE? At least with the WWE, there's a guarantee 
you know, 52 weeks a year, you will have content. It just bugs me. It just bugs me. And that's not the only fight to have fallen off. The next week, April 14th, there's a UFC on Fox card. Matt Brown was supposed to fight Carlos Condit. Matt Brown is injured. That fight is off. I mean, we still have... I believe that's going to be headlined by Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey, which is a hell of a fight. I still want to see that fight. But, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's Some of this is just, you know, demotivating. I mean, the rest of the world of combat sports can't be this bad, right? Well, then Canelo. Canelo, Canelo, Canelo. Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, the big rematch set for May 5th is now off. Why? Let me tell you why. So, obviously we all know of the controversy of the first fight between Canelo and Triple G. Freaking Adelaide Bird giving Canelo Alvarez the 118-110 decision, which was complete another bowl. I think I had given it to Can to Golovkin, like, so 118-110, so I believe the score for a draw would have been 114-114, to I think that's what, yeah, 114-114 was, would have been a tie, so I gave, I think, 8-4 to in favor of Golovkin, so it would have to have been... 116-112 Golovkin. That was my score for the original fight. But one fighters, I mean, one judge scored at 114-114. One scored at 115-113 in favor of Golovkin. Adelaide Bird scored at 118-110 Canelo. Which caused madness. It's one of the, it was one of those moments where boxing pretty much entered the mainstream again. Obviously not for... A good reason, and there were cries of fix. I mean, like I said, when that first happened, I, I think I had a post-fight reaction on um, Periscope, at Combat Mania UD on Periscope. And I said, if it was something like, you know, 114-114, the 115-113 can score... And then Bird had scored at 115-113 Canelo. I would have been fine with that. A majority draw or a split draw. I would have been fine with that. It was a very good fight. And I would have been, you know, happy with this rematch. Like, I'm, I still was going to be happy with this rematch. It just, it would have been under a different circumstance. But, anyways, March 2018... Canelo Alvarez test positive for clenbuterol, I believe it's pronounced. It's this is how it's defined on Wikipedia, by the way. A sympathomimetic thumimetic? I cannot pronounce these science sciencey words. I was never a good science student back in school. Sympathomimetic amine used by sufferers of breathing disorders such as a 
Karn Justant and Bronco Delater. And it's not a therapeutic drug approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. It's banned in IOC-tested athletes. And administration of clenbuterol to any animal that could be used as food for human consumption is banned by the FDA. And apparently, it has some notable cases of being a weight loss drug or a performance-enhancing drug. Apparently, Victoria Beckham... Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan all have had some connection to this drug. Um, so have, when it comes to athletes, let's see, there was a St. Louis Cardinal minor league shortstop. Um, in 2006, there was San Francisco Giants pitcher Guillermo Mota. Trying to see who else. There was American swimmer Jessica Hardy who tested positive at the U.S. trials in 2008. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs forward Carter Ashton I'm a Yankees fan and actually Yankees minor league pitching prospect Moises Sedeno tested positive he got suspended 72 games Raul Mondesi tested positive and was suspended 50 games um, Francisco Vargas had a temporary boxing license on probation probationary basis after he tested positive um so the whole thing about this drug is that supposedly Canelo's defense is that it came from tainted meat from I want to say Mexico cause yeah this was March 5th when he tested positive Golden State, I mean Golden Boy, pardon me, released an official statement. Here's the official statement from Golden Boy Promotions, Canelo's promoter. As part of the voluntary testing program that Canelo Alvarez insisted on ahead of his May 5th fight, one of his results came back positive for trace levels of clenbuterol, consistent with meat contamination that has impacted dozens of athletes in Mexico over the last years. As Daniel Eichner, director of SMRTL, the WADA accredited uh, lab that conducted the test stated in his letter today, these values are all within a range of what is expected from meat contamination. Uh, the WBC president and the WBA president have both said, you know, they believe Canelo is innocent and that it must have come from contaminated meat. Um, but just there, there have been signs over the last few weeks that this fight was going to happen. Um, March 23rd, the Nevada State Athletic Commission temporarily suspended Alvarez. He was scheduled for it was a, hear, a, a hearing with the commission either in person or via the telephone in early April, sometime this month. Uh, Tom Loeffler, who is Golovkin's promoter, said Golovkin is going to fight on May 5th regardless of who his opponent is. Uh, the T-Mobile Arena basically began to offer refunds for anybody who was going to the event in at the very end of March, and then the fight was called off on April 3, officially, as Canelo Alvarez resigns. I mean, not resigns, Canelo Alvarez withdraws from the fight. Uh, here's the thing, I want to believe Canelo is innocent. I want to believe Canelo is innocent. Everyone's saying that, you know, he's proven himself to be a clean athlete, first of all. Second of all, um, 
you know, the contaminated meat. It's affected dozens of Mexican athletes. And as I was reading off the thing, I think it said Francisco Vargas. Yeah, he had been tested positive, and he had the probationary status. I believe he may have claimed contaminated meat. Uh, we can't find that anywhere as of right now, but basically he tested positive for it. Um, there was a heavyweight boxing chip. Yeah, Lucas Brown tested positive for it. And let's see. He tested positive on his A and B samples. He po produced positive another positive drug test. That time it was for Austria, and he was stripped of his uh, WBA. I think this was the regular heavyweight title. Because the WBA has a super title and a regular title. Eric Morales, a Mexican boxer, was suspended two years for testing positive for it in 2013. Um, so basically, basically, it's like people want to, people want to believe Canelo and his innocence and that he's proven himself and such, but several other boxers have tested positive for this drug before, first of all, and then second of all, some boxers have begun using the contaminated meat argument, you know, for their claim of innocence, and it's kind of like, I guess you could say it's kind of like becoming the new my dog ate my homework or my social media was hacked. And that's why I guess people, some people aren't willing to believe Canelo. And then what happens with Golovkin? I mean, three names have come to mind so far with opponents. You got Daniel Jacobs. You got the WBO champion Billy Joe Saunders, although Billy Joe Saunders... I think has a scheduled title defense in May or June, and he may not be 100% healthy for, you know, a May 5th fight, so I don't, I don't think it'll be Saunders. There's Demetrius Andrade put his name in the hat. Daniel Jacobs, he's competing on April 28th on an HBO card, and as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I feel Daniel Jacobs gave uh, Gen Gennady Golovkin a run for his money last time when they fought in... I want to say it was last March, March 2017. So that'd be a cool fight to see again. And I think Jack Jacobs could put up a hell of a fight. But then there's Spike O'Sullivan, who is fighting the day before, on May 4th, on a, I think it's a Golden Boy card. Whatever it is. They may as well just not have this on pay-per-view. They just might as well make this a regular HBO card because it, it's not going to get the draw and attention that I was going to get with Canelo and Triple G. And I, you have any of you seen what some of the stuff Triple G was saying? It was just unreal. It was not... Triple G was basically attacking Canelo, basically calling him coward and such, and... This is just not Triple G. I guess Triple G has more of the uh, clean image. The I wouldn't expect this from Triple G if he started trash talking and bad mouthing and, and such. Like, what the hell is even going on? Like I said, this must have been. This must be one of the worst weeks of fight announcements ever. Like April first with the 
USC main event, and then April 3rd, officially, with Canelo withdrawing, uh, resigning from the Canelo Triple G2 fight. What the fuck? Just what the fuck? So, where do we start with our recaps and previews? I guess we start with uh, Joshua Parker. Uh, Anthony Joshua defeated Joseph Parker last Saturday night, March 31st. Anthony Joshua now holds the WBO Heavyweight Championship. He is now the WBA, WBO, IBF, IBO Heavyweight Champion. He is just missing the WBC title, which is held by Deontay Deontay Wilder, who uh, defeated Luis Ortiz back on March 3rd in Brooklyn to retain the WBC title. So it appears very likely we may one day get Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, if that happens, if the next fight for both the men are against the, is against each other, we will have our first heavyweight undisputed champion in boxing since Lennox Lewis did it in 1999. Holy shit, the history here. But Joshua and Parker, I was able to catch quite a bit of the fight and... Honestly, what a, I, I, I can't even comment. I, I don't know if I even can comment. This is, it was a very good fight. I'm, I'm just going to be blunt. It was not a good fight at all. Like I mentioned, like we had some great events over the last month. So here's what's going on with boxing in March. You had... Deontay Wilder defeating Luis Ortiz on March 3rd. Heavyweight title. The WBC heavyweight title. Good. Great fight. Uh, The comeback for... I believe it was Mikey Garcia's return to the ring. Mikey Garcia versus... Sergey Lepinitz. Yeah, that happened on March 10th. Good. Quiggin Valdez on... I think that was also on March 10th. Good. So there was a lot of good coming up to the March 31st Joshua Parker fight. Part 2 of the, I guess Mauro Ranallo would call it the March 2 Unification. Uh, Of course, Part 1 would have been Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz. So I guess we're waiting on Part 3 now. Um, but yeah, Joshua Parker, just not a very good fight. It wasn't very entertaining. Had a lot of referee stepping in and separating. And now supposedly there's a controversy. Parker and his camp claiming that the referee did not know English. And there were a whole bunch of communication issues during the fight. I don't know if I can speak well for that. But I can say that it was a pretty shitty fight. And that's two shitty fights that... Joseph Parker has had in a row, despite being the WBO heavyweight champion. Um, Joseph Parker versus Huey Fury back in, I think, was September 2017 was an awful bout and had another bad judge scoring shit that went on. And now this Anthony Joshua-Joseph Parker fight was not exciting. I mean, they turned it on in some levels. They turned it on at somewhat during the fight, like... The middle rounds, they turned up the volume a little bit, but it was just not entertaining. I, I could not, you know, I felt myself not paying attention in that fight. And apparently I'm not alone. 
Tyson Fury, the former heavyweight champion, who's looking to make a comeback to the ring after a whole battle with drugs and depression. He went onto social media and basically criticized Joshua, criticized Parker, criticized the referee, criticized everybody. He had Deontay Wilder. Um, I think Deontay Wilder posted this to either Instagram or Snapchat and then posted it everywhere else, basically calling out Joshua. He, he said something like, "You're not if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. He was going on that kind of approach. Joshua called out Wilder specifically after the fight, by the way, and said, you know, Wilder and his camp are basically tough to negotiate and that Wilder should have to come to the UK. Joshua should not have to come to the US for the fight. And Wilder basically released a message, I think, on social media in the last day or so. I believe it would have been on Tuesday, April 3rd. Or Monday, April 2nd, I'm not sure. Um, basically, but it was a post on Instagram basic and social media basically saying, you know, Mr. Joshua, I would love to fight you. I accept your challenge. I'm willing to come to the UK. Let's negotiate. Let's get it done. And honestly, I, I say, boys, get it done. Let's, let's see it. Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. I'm down for it. The only thing I would say now is my prediction would have changed. Like, I was, I thought people were being too harsh on Anthony Joshua when he fought uh, to come back in October and was struggling to get to come down. And I just, you know, I thought people were being a little harsh. But, you know what? After the performance against, jo against Joseph Parker, I'm getting the feeling that, uh, Deontay Wilder might have something. I mean, Deontay Wilder, of course, he's, I think, 40-0. So he's on the chase for breaking, you know, trying to get into the same class that Rocky Marciano and Floyd Mayweather Jr. are in. So that should be interesting to see. Uh, this past Saturday, March 31st, we also had Glory 52 Los Angeles kickboxing event. Uh, Josh Jonasi and Stoyan Koprivlenski, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Great fight from those two. Great opener for the main card. You had Mike Lemaire and Chris Camozzi. Chris Camozzi, of course, the UFC veteran uh, facing Mike Lemaire. It was Camozzi's second kickboxing bout, and it was not an impressive performance. I think he... I don't know. I don't know what it was, but... He just, he was not doing well at all. And he pretty much left himself open. I I don't know what to comment on Kamosi's performance other than, honestly, it sucked. Lemire easily beat him. Between the main card and the Super Fight Series card, only one finish, and that was the co-main event of the evening, Simon Marcus defeating Zach Wells in just a minute and three seconds. Dominating knockout victory from Marcus. Great job. I signed Marcus, and it looks like he will be on the road back to fighting. I think it. I think he competes in the middleweight division. Yeah, he was the former middleweight champion. He lost the title to Jason Wilness back in Glory 33. Won it back from Wilness at Glory 40, and then lost it this past October at Glory 46. So... Looks like he's coming back for his glory middleweight title. 
that should be fun to see. And then uh, Robin Van Roosmalen, Kevin Van Nostrand, great fight. Roosmalen now the undisputed glory featherweight champion. Congratulations to him. Uh, I thought it was an entertaining bout. Van Nostrand basically had a very good first round. People were thinking maybe, just maybe, he could pull off the upset. But Van Roosmalen, of course, comes back, wins the next four rounds, and takes the unanimous decision victory. At least in my eyes, he took the four rounds. Um, but still, great fights. I, I always seem to be entertained by glory. Glory kickboxing, if you haven't tried to watch an event, try to watch an event. And now I guess we've just got a bunch of previews to look at. So we have a whole stack of events coming up later in this week. So starting with Friday, April 6th, uh, of course we have the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. Headlined by Goldberg. You have the Dudley Boys. You have... Hillbilly Jim, Jeff Jarrett, Ivory, Mark Henry, Jarius J.J. Robertson is getting the Warrior Award, and Kid Rock is entering the Celebrity Wing of the Hall of Fame. Here are the inductors. Goldberg is going to be inducted by Paul Heyman. Uh, Ivory is going to get inducted by Molly Holly. Jeff Jarrett is going to get inducted by the Road Dog. Mark Henry is going to get inducted by the Big Show. Hillbilly Jim is going to get inducted by... The mouth of the sound, Jimmy Hart. And the Dudley boys are going to get inducted by Edge and Christian. I hope the Hardy boys join them on the stage. That would be freaking something. Uh, and then on Paramount Network, I was just trying to think. Because I'm like, oh, it's not called Spike TV anymore. It's called Paramount Network. We got Bellator 196. The headline bout for Bellator 196, well, I mean, there's Bellator 196, the MMA event, and then following it, we got Bellator Kickboxing 9. Bellator Kickboxing 9 is going to be headlined by Raymond Daniels defending the welterweight title against Dejibro Ehuo, I believe it's pronounced. Um, the MMA card, however, the one more people are going to be interested in is Benson Henderson versus Roger Huerta. Now, originally this was supposed to be James Gallagher versus Adam Borix in the co-main event. Um, I mean, not in the main event. A uh, battle of two young prospects, top prospects, but Gallagher ended up pulling because of injury. Adam Borix got pushed down to the co-main event. He ended up getting scheduled against somebody else who also pulled. So this is the third opponent Borix has been paired with for this event, and it's Theodore Nikolov. So, I'm looking to see if, what Borks can do with that. But Henderson versus Roger Huerta. So, Benson Henderson, obviously one of the best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mixed martial artists. One of the best, as I mentioned, one of the best BJJ uh, performers in MMA. He's on a two-fight losing streak, however. He lost in his last bout back in September to Patricky Friere, one of the Pitbull brothers. He lost a Bellator lightweight title shot he had back at Bellator 165 in November 2016 against Michael Chandler. So he's had some struggles. He's not the Benson Henderson of back in the day. He's lost three of his last four. He's lost two in a row. 
So maybe, just maybe, this is the rebound bout that Henderson needs. His opponent is Roger Huerta. This is going to be Huerta's first bout in Bellator in seven and a half years. The last time he competed at Bellator was at Bellator 33 in October of 2010. Uh, the fight was not, the title was not on the line. Bellator Eddie Alvarez was the Bellator lightweight champion at the time because Eddie Alvarez was supposed to fight Pat Curran at that time, but Curran ended up pulling out of that fight due to an injury. So stepping in, of course. Huerta, he lost that fight because of a TKO doctor stoppage, and since then, he's been mainly competing in one FC, um, but like I said, first Bellator bout in like seven and a half years, so should be interesting. At this point for Henderson, you may have to consider it a must win, uh, but Huerta, by the way, he's won two, his last two fights in a row. Uh, he last competed back in December at Phoenix FC4, winning by way of disqualification. The last time he competed in one FC over in Asia was against Adrian Pang, a split decision win at 149 in November 2016. That's something I've noticed from Huerta. Like, he doesn't have too many fights, you know, every so often now. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of more normal now, but it's like, the fight in Phoenix FC was the first time he fought in a little over a year. After leaving Bellator, he fought. The Eddie Alvarez fight was in October 2010. He didn't fight again until November 2011, June 2012, and then August 2014. So he spent a couple of years away from the sport. So that should be interesting. Bellator 196 taking place from the Budapest Sports Arena in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, the next night, Saturday night, uh, April 7th, we talked about it before, UFC 223 at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Main event, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Max Holloway for the UFC lightweight title. Uh, and then in the co-main event, you got Rose Namahunas, Thug Rose, against Joanna Jacek. I just call them Thug Rose and Joanna Violent. Joanna Violence. Basically, uh, Rose. Let's be honest. I, I, I'm wondering what you guys might think. Would you be more interested in this pay per view after all the madness if Rose, Thug Rose, and Joanna Violence were the headliner? I, I, I want to be. I'm curious. I, I want to know from some of you guys if if that would be more interested in you. Obviously, I don't think Rose and Joanna would ever get the chance to headline over a fight like Khabib and Max. I mean, Khabib, let's be real here. Khabib, he's still 25-0. and 0. Despite a couple of weight issues, he's still one of the most dominating figures in the lightweight division. He's still a top contender. He destroyed Michael Johnson. He destroyed Edson Barboza. He even has a victory over Rafael Dos Anjos like Ferguson. This is... So for him, it's just... It's time. It's time to give him a shot. And he got Max Holloway. Sure, he's not competing in his normal division, the featherweight division. He's stepping up to lightweight. 
something's going on with his weight cut, but still. He hasn't lost since losing a unanimous decision to Conor McGregor in August 2013. He has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 wins, 12 wins in a row. He has defeated Jose Aldo twice. He's defeated Anthony Pettis, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, Charles Oliveira, Cub Swanson. So, I guess I'm in the understanding of why Khabib versus Max is still going to be the main event. Because these are two guys who are super, super hot. Khabib, for him, it's about time he got a title shot. Max has the potential to make history. But, I guess... But I still want to know, do you guys out there think there could one day be a day where Rose and Joanna were the headliner? A lot of the promotion for this event, especially now that Khabib and Ferguson fell off, has been Rose and Joanna. How Joanna, when she lost the title to Rose, the women's strawweight title to Rose back at UFC 217, it was the first time she tasted defeat. And it was one of the biggest upsets. I believe it won upset of the year. So there's just something special about that fight. Um, you also got Michael Chiesa. Uh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'll be honest with you. Chiesa? 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 Michael Chiesa. And he's fighting Anthony Pettis. That's still a fight I want to see. I may not know how to pronounce Michael's last name. But he's still, I know he's still a great fighter, and that's still a fight I want to see. Uh, preliminary card actually is pretty good, too. Carolina Kowalkitz and Felice Herrig. Uh, Ray Borg, flyweight, former flyweight title challengers fighting. Yeah, Joe Lozon fighting. Uh, oh, I mentioned Connor all this time ago. Connor's teammate, Artem Lobov, is com- competing on the preliminary card of USC Fight Pass, taking on... Alex Caceres. Which leads me to ask, do you guys think that Connor just is going to show up randomly at the end of this pay-per-view? Like, Khabib or Halloween are going to win, they're going to be posing with the belts, and then the light's going to go down, and then Connor's music's going to play, and he's just going to come out like a like a WWE-style entrance. I don't know, just food for thought. Food for thought. And then you got NXT TakeOver. On Saturday night, April 7th as well, you got Andrade Cien Almas defending the NXT title against Aleister Black, Amber Moon defending the Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler, the friend of Ronda Rousey. Uh, You got the Undisputed Era, Authors of Pain, and Strong and Done competing for both the NXT Tag Titles and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Trophy. The first ever NXT North American champion will be crowned. It's Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream. That sounds like it's going to be fucking awesome. You know what else sounds like it's going to be awesome? Gargano and Ciampa. Unsanctioned, unsanctioned match. Gargano wins. He's reinstated to NXT. Ciampa wins. Gargano is banned from NXT permanently. That is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. Oh, and by the way, uh, Pat McAfee, the former Indianapolis Colts punter and the current Barstool Sports personality, is going to be on the pre-show panel. And then, Sunday, April 8th, WrestleMania 34. Every title in the WWE on the line 
You got two battle royals, the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy Battle Royal, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, the first one ever. Cedric Alexander Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight title. You got Ms. Rollins Balor for the Intercontinental title. Orn Rude Mahal Rusev for the U.S. title. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's title. Cesaro and Sheamus versus Braun Strowman and a partner to be named for the Raw Tag titles. Usos New Day Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Tag titles. <clears throat> uh, you have, of course, Ronda Rousey's debut. She's going to team up with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. One has to wonder how Ronda Rousey's going to perform. Her big debut, her in-ring debut, and it's going to be on the grandest stage of them all. Oh, and something has to be happening with Cena and Taker. Cena's going to be in the crowd for WrestleMania, it seems, and he said he was okay with it, but something's going to happen. I just don't get the point with, you know, Cena is just in the crowd and Taker never shows up and that's WrestleMania. It's like, after all the weeks of build, it would just be a cock tease. And I, and I don't think WWE would want to go that route, especially with a match like Cena and Taker. Although I don't know how I'd feel about a one-year-in-the-making, once-in-a-lifetime kind of BS like they did with Cena and Rock. Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon against Owens and Zayn. Owens and Zayn have to win to be rehired to SmackDown. Charlotte versus Asuka. Charlotte, the daughter, of course, of Ric Flair, one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet, taking on Asuka, the winner of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, unbeaten since coming to the WWE and NXT in 2015, late 2015. And then AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, the WWE title on the line, of course, if you remember the Jim Ross interview, he said he fears for the match that has to follow Styles Nakamura. That one, high, high expectations. Main event, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Universal title. We assume that's going to be the show closer. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman have stated on the last Raw, if Lesnar loses... Lesnar and Heyman will no longer be on Raw. The rumors are swirling. Of course, Lesnar may join the UFC again. These two have faced off months, actually years before, WrestleMania 31. And that's when Rollins cashed in the money in the bank. In the middle of the match. And won the WWE title. One of the best finishes in WrestleMania history. A lot to anticipate this week. This week is going to be great for combat sports. Let's pray. And let's pray especially nothing happens to that UFC card again. So that's going to do it for this edition of Combat Mania. Go like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope at Combat Mania UD. Go follow the Undetermined Podcast Network itself at the UD Network, Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you want to hear me talk about baseball, football, other sports outside of combat sports, go listen to the Unspoken Podcast. Unspoken Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at the UDUP. Go like and follow all the rest of the Undetermined Podcast Network accounts. And that's going to do it. I'm Tom Abano. We'll see you next time. 
You've been listening to Combat Mania, a Cheap Seat Sports Production Party on the Turn Podcast Network. Good night, everybody.